Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Down in Front. This week we're sitting here with myself, as always, T. Christy, my friend Brian William Fenifter. Greetings. Jeffrey doesn't have a middle thing, Harold. Hi. And Trey the Amazing Stokes. Okay. I think that's rather insulting. Maybe you do have <laughs> a middle thing. A you might have thing. a thing there in the middle. I'm, I don't know. I'm not comfortable talking about my middle thing. Before yet. the show is over, we will find my middle thing. Oh, that'll be exciting. It'll, it'll organically come. We're going to find like something. They do. Anyway, this week we're talking about the uh, cabin in the woods. Uh, it, you know, it's, it's, it's a little bit more... Uh, Obscure than Joss Whedon's other movie that's coming out within the month. Um, <laughs> Funny how that uh, timing worked out. I saw someone on Twitter say, "If the Avengers doesn't change the kitty litter and wash my car and blow me, I'm going to be really disappointed." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's where we're at. But Cabin in the Woods, uh, it's still two weeks away. That goddamn movie. Kind of just like people, a very small selection of people had known about it for the last couple of years because Joss and Drew Goddard, Goddard, Godot, I don't Probably know. Goddard. We'll we'll in talk America. about it at Comic Con every year for the last two years. And we're all like, oh, okay, that's a movie that's going out. I don't know why it's not out yet. Weird. We'll get into that maybe later. But we've known about it a little bit. And then it came out, and it had a little bit of an ad push on it. That's good. And it's sort of gaining momentum, which is cool. Yeah, it's got it's it's a word of mouth movie for sure. It's got to yeah. be. That's the only way it's gonna. And it's doing seems to be working so far. But it has already made back what it cost for Lionsgate to buy it, which is good. Mm-hmm. That means that they're happy, uh, and hopefully it'll make back its budget. And later it'll become one of those things that sits on your shelf forever, like. All the people that have a copy of Army of Darkness are probably going to have a copy of How, uh, Cabin in the Woods, so that's good news, I guess. Anyway, before we talk about you know the really insightful thinking, talking about spoilery shit, let's talk about non-spoilery shit. Um, how we felt and about it done. and all that. Right, well, exactly. <laughs> yeah. There's this cabin. Well, there's a poster of a cabin. Yeah, I'm sort out. of. You think, <laughs> you know, that's what I have. Anyway, I, I am really, 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 really not the scary movie guy, certainly not the horror movie guy, definitely not the Cabin in the Woods style movie guy. Yeah. And I mean that by the genre, not the title of this film. And I forced myself to go see it just because, well, basically just a sight unseen because of Joss Whedon being involved. I still have high hopes that I will, con- I will like the stuff that he comes out with, even if not everything that he's come out with before I've enjoyed. Um, and I watched this with all these guys here and other people, Dorkman came and Chloe and... All the diff people just went to see Cabin in the Woods last week. <laughs> it was like a diff field trip. It was fun. <laughs> well, we're finished so darn, darn early. It's like, what do we do now? Yeah. And, Brian, and Brian and I brought our on-air chemistry to the theater when the Avengers trailer happened. We were catty about it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I said very loudly, wow, have you guys heard about this? Anyway. That looks great. <laughs> I Stealing my act there. Like, <laughs> I loved. <laughs> gotta laugh, though. You gotta laugh for I the audience laugh. there. I loved Cabin in the Woods. Uh, even as someone who doesn't know all the tropes, I can understand. It's sort of like when you don't know an inside joke that's two for sharing, you know it's an inside joke. Something just about the way they're talking, you kind of get, I see there's something going on that's here. That's, a real, that's a real art, and, that's, and often movies that are inside jokes fail because right. they kind of go, did you see what we did there? Yeah. And if you go, yes, you go, if you did, then you go, yeah, I got it. And if you didn't, and if you, you didn't, you go, oh, I missed a thing, and now I feel stupid. Right, and now I'm yeah. aware of the fact that I missed a thing. You have to kind of like organically that. sneak those things in, so they work in your story. But people who will get the reference get the reference and feel smug about it. Yeah, without being taken. And out the of people the story. who miss it are still are just okay because the story still works. Yeah, so it's, a, it's a really tricky move. There was this. I don't know if you guys heard of it a long time ago. There was this TV show called Mystery Science Theater 3000, where they would do like commentaries for movies, but they'd be funny. No, nah, that's a crazy idea. And uh, there God, was that must have sucked. Yeah. Chris <laughs> Hanel, you can't make a show work. out of that. Chris Hanel talks about. The way that they would handle their reference jokes, where they would literally say the most obscure thing, the most obscure thing. If they have a million people watching the show, which I don't think they ever got that high, five or ten people will get that joke. Mm-hmm. 
it doesn't actually slow down the conversation they're having. They don't say we just did a reference to this one high school teacher or something like that. Yeah. But five people somewhere in the country right now are going, oh, my God. Yeah, Joel always said the right people get it. Right. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, it's, and that's one of the reasons I think Mystery Science Theater was so endearing to people. I mean, that's, that's the first episode I ever saw, which was uh, uh, Cave Dwellers, which is still my favorite just because that was my gateway to Mystery Science. Um, she was your first? They, yeah. They made a Sid Field reference. And I was like, <laughs> I, I'm like, I, you know, it makes you feel like I'm one of the seven people in the world who just got that <laughs> reference. I'm like, uh, you know, I'm like, that's how cool I am. But so. the, the reason Mystery Science Theater worked was because it was full of those references, but there were 50 of them every minute. Exactly. They would just so go they, blazing by. Yeah. So. And Cabin in the Woods, like Mystery Science Theater 3000, somehow plays that only a, I'm not one of the guys who gets most of the, the jokes in Cabin in the Woods. And I could still see what they're doing. I still appreciated it. Even if I, I'm just taking it on basically their authority that, oh, that's an inter- they just did something cool there. I see what they're doing. I just don't know why that's important. The entire time I was grinning. I loved the movie. I would recommend it to anyone. Um, I don't know how many times I want to go back and see it, but I, I, certainly, I certainly want to see it a couple more times just because it's fucking fun. It was just really fun. And I especially want to see the last third of the movie again. Yeah, <laughs> it's, the reason to get the video is to... Is to, is to pause to the last third and, exactly. and look at all the details the, start playing with yeah. it brian were you uh did you hate it i loved it and i'm i'm kind of on the same page as you in terms of the genre i've never been a big horror movie fan you know I, I can enjoy them if they're well done but especially that that kind of cookie cutter version and you know the evil dead teenagers in a cabin kind of thing it's never done a lot for me, um, but I did love Cabin in the Woods because of the extra layer to it. Um, and Bradley Whitford. And Bradley Whitford. I do enjoy watching Bradley Whit- Whitford do pretty much anything at all. <laughs> yeah. He was just on Parks and Rec this last week, and he wasn't even being Bradley Whitford. He was kind of being normal. I was like, I see you there. I see you. Donna! <laughs> Donna! <laughs> uh, it's going to be an unbearable episode. <laughs> okay. There's a great uh, West Wing reference in the Parks and Rec. Shocking that they would do that. I can't believe they would bring that up. Um, But yeah, I loved it. I loved, and I really can't say why until we get to the spoiler section. So I'm just going to pass it along. (laughs) Jeffrey, (laughs) did you have fun with it? Uh, Liked it. Didn't love it. Um, For me, Kevin in the Woods is is that kid in the back of the class that always outscores everybody on the test, but you're kind of disappointed because he doesn't turn in his homework on time. I was disappointed. Oh, you yeah, yeah, you. I was disappointed <laughs> I didn't in like Cabin in the Woods for the same reason I don't like Brian. <laughs> <laughs> it's a real Brian of a movie. Is that what you're saying? Oh, that movie Brian. I just want to see where this is going. It's, I, it's a talk good, about a reference I don't get. I, I don't understand. I, I'm working on it. Okay. I'm working on it. Bring it together I'm going to bring it home. Connect the dots for it's, me. It's a good movie. I, I'd give it, I don't know, two stars out of four or whatever, but I'm disappointed and, and strongly disappointed that it wasn't a better movie than it was that and we're going to get to this there's a lot of grist for the mill in that movie that movie has a lot to say that's really interesting and that's really thought-provoking and i didn't feel like it capitalized as well as it should have now are you sure you're not talking about the hunger games because that sounds like <laughs> the hunger games <laughs> i'm going to take you outside and i'm going to start beating no, you and i may never stop we're going to have this conversation at some point but uh, go ahead that's for it's, another it podcast be an unbearable episode <laughs> <laughs> no they they, they I, I don't want to get too deep into the details right now so I'll elaborate on this later but the short version is that I thought the movie let itself down by not making a better showing of the things it was trying to talk about and I'm kind of struggling to to articulate that succinctly but the 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 point is you had an execution problem I was dis if I thought the movie had been all it could be I would have liked it more than I did I thought Uh, it could have been more so I was disappointed even though it's the same movie. I liked it fine. 
I felt like I could have loved it if it had been better, and I was disappointed that it wasn't better so that I didn't love it. Does that make sense? Yeah, I felt, like, I felt that way about movies before. I'm harder on this movie than I have a right to be just looking at it on face value because I see more potential there than they pulled off. Huh. Trey? Uh, well, I, I also uh, avoid... Uh, torture porn movies and and cabin in the woodsy movies like the plague i I haven't voluntarily seen one since i can't remember when i think the original friday the 13th i was like okay that's enough you know (laughs) i get it you know uh fine and who was in that one it was what was the famous guy johnny depp or whoever was in the first friday 13th somebody went on to be really famous was uh zach efron no no he wasn't even born when friday the 13th came out but um zach efron it's just fun to say if not to watch. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't like those kind of movies at all. I mean, I've never, you know, hostile. No, thank you. I'll pass. No, not interested. Um, and, of course, the movie was designed to be a, a commentary on those kind of movies, which, of course, I didn't really know that. Um, so I went in totally cold, and I was completely stunned when the opening frame is like, Bradley Whitford? <laughs> in, you know, where, you know, what, what move? What? I, I had no, you know, I was unspoiled on the movie. And uh, so everything was a revelation watching it. And uh, I'm, you know, three out of four, I was just like, I think this is awesome that someone has made this. And this Trey was sitting fantastic. next to me giggling the whole time. It was yeah, awesome. It was, it, <laughs> was, it, was, like, <laughs> it was, it was just, I thought, God damn it. It's, 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 for me, it's one of those movies that I get mad at um, because it's like, well, fuck, I can't make this movie because yeah, Joss and Drew, Drew did it already. That's my feeling about it. Oh, God well. damn it. So, um, the end, you know, well, I'm interested to hear what uh, what uh, the new guy has to say about it because uh, yeah, so am I actually. Yeah, so be you know, make your notes over there. Um, but in general, I I, I loved it, uh, and I, I was I was just recommending it last night to a friend. Uh, you know, trying to get that word of mouth going, and and maybe this segues back into uh, it's not really a spoilery thing, but because there is this has also been discussed in the forums. There is a twist to the movie, ish, but the. But the premise is the twist. So if you know what the premise is, that's that's it. Um, and I think that I I didn't see I have not seen like I because I'm not exposed to this kind of stuff much. I did not see any advertising for the movie. I was aware of it from the zeitgeist of you know oh you know because of Joss Whedon has a movie coming out besides the Avengers. Um, but I, you know, I hadn't seen any trailers. I hadn't seen anything else. I was talking to a friend of mine last night, and I said, oh, I saw Captain of the Woods. I thought it was great. And she was like, what? It's isn't it just like a, one of those movies? I'm like. You know, it's which I the people I feel the worst for are the marketing department because how do you market that movie without giving it away? Without giving it away, but if you don't give it away, it looks like what my friend thought it was, which is another generic slasher movie. Fight Club had the same problem. Yeah, you you put that in a trailer and you're like, nope, don't care. It's like "Ah, fucking the uh, uh." yeah, you're right. Looks like a fighting movie. Mm. Couple now it's pretty. Pretty guys. That's important. <laughs> it's important. However, With their shirts off. At the same time, you know, after we saw it, um, and we were we were all uh, you know a Twitter about it for uh, after seeing it. Um, I was doing just a general search for Cabin in the Woods, and there seemed to be three basic responses to Cabin in the Woods. One was, "Oh my god, greatest movie of all time, loved it." One was, "I didn't understand it." Um, people didn't actually. People literally didn't get, get what the hell was happening. Um, and then the third group, which the ones that scare me the most. They were felt that they had you know been baited and switched because they didn't get the dumb fu- they they wanted the ritual. These people uh. wanted to see the ritual performed, and it was performed incorrectly. <laughs> they actually wanted the movie to be the movie that right. it was mo- that it was mocking. And let's actually- take that as a jumping off point to go into the spoiler zone. So if you haven't seen Cabin in the Woods, there's our recommendations. Take them as you will. If you have, stick around. We're going to get into it now. Or you can, you know, come back to this after you see the movie. Go now. Just go. Just go. Pause this. We'll be here. Anyway. Three, two, one. Pause. Spoilers! So, 
Yeah, the ritual. Mm. Oh, that's right. Chat room, by the way. Uh, yes, Kevin Bacon, Friday the 13th. Uh, Johnny Depp was uh, in the original Nightmare on Elm Street. Thank you. Okay, moving on. Thank I, God I like, we got that sword. I like how we have a little like live wiki. Yeah, and yeah, Farley yeah. tells me that I'm not supposed to talk about Fight Club. Sorry. Yeah, anyway. Right. So, you all know you're here because you've already seen the movie now. Now let's talk about the movie, how we Spoilers felt about it. Spoilers begin now. I was, I was fucking delighted. I was having a blast with it. And at the beginning, Jeff and I were talking about this last night. How much? I want to ask you guys this question. Brian and Trey. How much did you learn from the opening titles? Did you garner anything? Any details? I Okay, well, I don't think I actually said this, but I, much like Trey and I think most of us, I went in pretty cold. I knew it was that kind of movie, but Joss Whedon. Had, had you guys seen the trailer? No, I hadn't seen the trailer. No, neither had I. Uh, so that was pretty much the, the sum total of it. For me, the opening sequence, without without giving away the whole aspect of the premise and the whole setup of it, told me exactly what the tone of the movie was. I think it's that great. It's a great example of the first ten minutes tell you what the tone of the movie and what kind of movie you're watching is, and I, I thought that exemplified it brilliantly and this i was actually having this argument with uh my editor on the movie i'm working on and he was like yeah i didn't like them. i felt he sh- they should have held back on that for a little while like let us be in the 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 standard horror movie for half an hour and then shown us that extra level and i completely disagreed i think showing us up front that extra level was vitally important and you just want to spend more time watching bradley whitford that's is <laughs> that, not that too don't we yeah. all no but i agree with you but i, th- I think it's important because i think had had you spent half an hour or even longer in the the straight up you know the first level horror movie, and then suddenly at, in half an hour forty five minutes shown the second level, then I think people would have cried foul, and I think they would have had some some cause to to say, oh no, wait a second, this you were you were telling me this one story, and now you're telling me something else. You have to kind of plant that seed at the outset, and then you can forget about the seed. But as long as you plant it, you can come back to it later, and then still be kosher about it. What I'm referring to specifically is the like the title treatment stuff with like the blood with the images in it and all that but the you so you're like not even you know, having not, yeah, not having even the, the office space scene and then you know yeah. having the five-minute office space scene and then <laughs> cabin in the woods yeah i thought that was the main title brilliant. the main title told me what kind of movie it was exactly gonna be. Yeah. It, it's that it's juxtaposition like, of the this level the bradley whitford level but juxtaposed against yeah. the, the standard cliche level and it was <laughs> it's gonna be like we're gonna do the thing where like you know suddenly something will explode on the screen i mean how, the, how they managed to not have a cat jump into the frame and go uh, <laughs> you know i'm sure they talked about it i'm sure they tried to work it in but they it's just, probably on the whiteboard there's somewhere. probably maybe there's a deleted I, scene of the uh, the cat who jumps in at the wrong moment and goes Wear! when that title like cats uh, never do when that title popped up, well, that's not true. Tesla jumped on the piano that one time. <laughs> Several times. <laughs> but Tesla is from a horror movie, not real life. <laughs> that's true. Uh, when that title popped up, I laughed for literally probably a minute solid. Yeah. It was like, <laughs> well, wait, what, what the is- entire theater like leapt two inches off their seats, and we're just like, oh, oh God. And that's, that's what I said, oh, God. Oh, it's going to be like this. You bastards. <laughs> you got me. Yeah, I'm hooked. So wait, the, Which makes the you just title like reveal cringe. was supposed to be a jump scare? Is that the point? Yeah. It was a jump scare. It absolutely oh, was a yeah. jump scare, yeah. It didn't... Okay. Josh I was wondering. I was wondering if people were laughing. Because it's thought, completely I, unmotivated. It just it yeah. comes <laughs> out of nowhere. I just, just so you're going, this is going to be about Bradley Whitford talking for 20... It's like a... Bah! Bam! <laughs> yeah. But then after that, we go into, you know, two minutes or whatever it was of the of the opening credits, which is... This is what you were talking about, Teague. It's, it's, uh, it's graphic type treatment on top of all of this background imagery of human sacrifices. Yeah. 
And for me, we were talking about this last night. Um, for me, that set up the whole movie. That nothing that followed in the movie, like in terms of major plot developments, the whole we are in spoiler territory. The whole thing about you know this is a ritual we, we play out to appease the gods. None of that was surprising to me because that had all been set up for me in the opening title sequence. And I was like, okay, I'm with you. I get where you're going. Let's watch this play out. Yeah, I, I, if I'm understanding you correctly, I felt pretty much the same way. I felt that the opening scene kind of established, and maybe it's. Maybe there's some level of my general knowledge of what Whedon is about that carried over going, okay, I see what he's probably, where he's going with this. And so everything afterwards felt completely um, sequential. It felt uh, um, that it followed from what came before. Yeah, it, it, it did. One of the big problems I had with the movie, I know that, that you guys said you're not generally horror movie aficionados. I wouldn't characterize myself as one either, but I, you know, if it's on cable, I'll sit down and watch a Cabin in the Woods type movie. I didn't enjoy the horror movie part of this horror movie. Now, I, I didn't break it down my minutes or anything, but let's say you know the movie's 100 minutes long. Maybe 60 minutes are spent with the five main uh, victims. Let's just go ahead and call them. I hated them. <laughs> I hated every single one of them. I I didn't I like the stoner guy. I didn't. I that that actor has never done a lot for me. This is probably the least I've hated him in anything I've seen him in. <laughs> um, it didn't. What make else the, has he been in? Other Dollhouse. Than this? Dollhouse. Well, I, yes, Dollhouse. But. And and you know, a, 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 for a show that I didn't like, he was the thing I liked the least about the show that I didn't like. So he was. <laughs> but is there we, anything else he's been in? I'm sure that's but, plenty for me. I'm like, right. Okay, dude, two two strikes. I mean, I liked him better in this one. Um, he's he's certainly an acquired taste. He's a, he's a sauerkraut of an actor. Um, <laughs> you know, the first time you try him, you go, "What <laughs> people eat this for real?" I mean, what? <laughs> You know, you have to kind of build up a tolerance, I think. So maybe a third, a third role for him. Um, but uh, you know, he's he sort of, he's sort of. I was okay with him eventually. I, I kind of got on board with him by the end of the movie. But uh, but yeah, he's a, he's a, he's an acquired taste as an actor. Well, the, the, just generally, yes, he's an acquired taste as an actor. I also didn't like the way he was channeling Shaggy from Scooby Doo quite yeah. as hard as he was. Mm. But but more to the point, the premise of the movie is that we've got these five people who are ordinary human beings with depth and dimension, and they get manipulated into being archetypal characters that have to participate in this thing for plot reasons. I didn't feel like the movie did a sufficiently good job of establishing that these are normal, sympathetic human beings that don't just conform to horror movie stereotypes, but that have been artificially pushed into those roles. Like the, I, I the thing with that. the the thing I with can, the blonde hair that, dye, yeah. it, it was a clever storytelling twist. And and Goddard wrote it, right? Or was it Whedon who they wrote co-wrote it? it. Co-wrote okay. It. Well, then Goddard and Whedon did a good job. They were they were clever. They said, okay, we're going to take an ordinary person and then we're going to spike her hair dye to make her into a blonde bimbo like you'd see in a horror movie. That's great. But I didn't get enough of establishing her the, as... The, real, the regular brunette before the ditzy blonde. Those exactly. details are there. You just don't spend enough time with her. Because she is pre-med. I don't doubt that they were there. Yeah. I didn't get enough of them. I know, exactly. Or, or they didn't play enough for me. And that could that could well be on me. Reasonable people can disagree about whether those things were established yeah. it, enough. This is the kind of things that you agonize about in editing forever. I mean, I'm sure there's probably 10 more minutes of introduction of them. And they were, you know, well, do we need this? And uh, because I think, I think the other side of the coin is what other people said is some people thought that the movie didn't have enough detail to even for them to get what the fuck it was about i mean it's like and it's kind of you know i feel a little bad about people who literally didn't understand at least the core concept of that movie um you know uh that's that's i worry about such people just as i worry about such people who just wanted it to be a cabin in the woods movie and didn't like the meta aspect of it at all and you know they're the fundamentalists i guess i would call them they were like this is sacrilege you, you don't mess with the ritual they want they were they wanted the ritual the because, ideologues. because in the end the movie is also 
kind of saying that we are the gods who are like, give us the thing that we like. Give us the yeah. ritual sacrifice that we come to see. Certainly. And Sigourney so, Weaver, there's our last big spoiler. Exactly. Sigourney Weaver plays the director. Yeah. Who uh, basically says, this I is, see what we are doing. This is what you want. Um, so, yeah, that's a that's a back and forth. I I. I was surprised again, having no no preconception of the movie. Um, I was surprised how they sort of introduced everyone as the stock character and then let you know that they really weren't that character. Mm-hmm. Uh, my favorite one was when uh, 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 Kirk's dad. Uh, Go on, sorry. When when uh, Chris Hemsworth said, uh, you know, you're bringing a textbook on the camping trip, you know, and you're like, okay, because he's a stupid jock, and yeah. then he goes on to expound about how this is a, not as good a textbook as this one is. Right. Yeah, I, that uh, scene worked for me. I wish we yeah. had more of that. Kind and, well, of that thing. was you know, again, it's like it's 90 minutes long, and you got to get the ball rolling. So these are the kind of things you argue about all the time. I, you know, I, I, I thought for me it gave me enough. Like, oh, okay, I get it. And of course, the whole plot is constantly. Release the gas that makes them stupid. Release the gas that makes them horny. Um, you know that there's plenty of of information there. I thought, um, and you know, it's something that you agonize over when you make a movie all the time. It's like, do we need more of this exposition, or are we have we covered it, or should we have less of it? And how much do we have to explicitly show versus how much can we just hint at and reference? And yeah, yeah. it's really it's like okay, we only need enough for the movie to gain traction to get rolling and you know then we can once we have the traction then we have the momentum and and we just you gotta get to the woods well it's it's the footprint in the snow you know like I said reasonable people can disagree I didn't get quite as many footprints as I wanted (laughs) I said reasonable people this is going on the internet that excluded you (laughs) Hitler for me there there are really two movies there okay there's really two movies happening simultaneously and I don't think I'm gonna say the thing you think I'm gonna say okay one of the movies is look at how horrible the establishment treats these innocent kids. Mm-hmm. And in that movie, by the end of it, you, I, I feel like the movie wants me to be cheering for the end of the world. The movie wants me to go, you know, yes, young people who have survived this and are now in a position of power, rebel, take everything change down. Change the system. Change the system, all of that. The other movie that's happening is... Uh, it's, it's it's exemplified by the the uh, the scene where the uh, the jock and the whore are out in the wood. I'm not calling her a whore. That was what she was called in the movie. <laughs> the, the, where they're out in the woods and they're about to get it on. <laughs> Got Rush Limbaugh over here. <laughs> yeah, right. you can just say blonde. It means the same thing. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Uh, down in front at gmail.com. Um, the uh, they're out in the woods and they're about to get it on. And Bradley Whitford's character is cheering them on. You know, okay, take off the shirt, show the boobs, blah blah blah. The uh, the 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 guard. lady is uh, or the the other person is like horrified by that like, yeah the other dude, person's horrified by that that's pretty fucking classless don't you think and then uh whitford delivers the line we're not the only ones who are watching yeah, yeah. that that's that's the other movie and it, he, in the context of the story he's talking about the gods that they're trying to entertain and they're they're dripping out little details about that to you as the story goes on but no he's really talking about us he's really talking about us sitting in the movie theater watching this on the edges of our seats wanting to be titillated wanting to see the girl take off her shirt we were supposed to feel bad about our titillation at that point but then they took off her shirt the movie didn't commit to its scathing indictment of the audience. The movie didn't commit to saying, guys, this horror movie thing is really monstrous and we really shouldn't feel okay about enjoying it because we're heartless, manipulative bastards that want to torture and, and horrify other human beings. Is your argument that the movie is a scathing indictment of its audience? The, my argument is that I wish the movie had been more of a more scathing, scathing indictment of its audience instead of both nudging the audience and saying, hey, guys, we know what you're doing right there, and then pandering to them. I think it's more a scathing indictment of the form, of the formula. You know what I mean? I think it's more I, of a... I would agree with both. I would agree okay. that it's both yeah, of those Yeah, either things. way, it's, 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 the, the form only exists because people 
the, man, the ritual you yeah. know people want to you know, go to the ritual so um i think I, but i think there is an issue where it's like yeah that's great let's do another bong hit and uh, you know it's like but we got to make a movie that's going to make money at the box office and they already have enough trouble um because if you want to make the the you know hey let me tell you how you suck audience movie and really hit that nail on the head then that's great if you want to make four million at the box office and not get a major release i think the movie went that way where you you know you could pick up that that shell off the beach if you wanted to but you know it's yeah this ain't the 70s downer movies don't make money at the box office yeah if you you flat out tell the audience you're awful people you know um and rather than just hinting (laughs) at them yeah i agree completely with that but that's that's my other issue with the movie is that that that, like i said that's one movie that's going on the other movie that's going on is you know i want to see the good guys win and i want to see the bad guys lose and by the end of the movie i didn't feel any sympathy for the quote-unquote the good guys the kids in the in the cabin i didn't really care about them or whether or not they lived or died by the end of the movie i we had a similar experience because i didn't have a favorite group i didn't prefer the cabin or the other guys i like i liked watching what was happening with both of them (laughs) the other guys (laughs) (laughs) what Bradley Whitford was in a show called The Other Guys. I actually, actually felt probably in the end, I felt more sympathetic for the control room guys. Yeah, than I did for and, than I did for the victims. Yeah, if, I, I think I, I would go along with that. If uh, I could actually see, which is okay too, because it's like it's not like they invented this system; they simply are serving the system. They're know? yeah, they're stuck in a yeah, it's like job. They're they're old gods that want to destroy the world. What yeah. what are you going to do about you? And it's like yeah, my job kind of sucks but i gotta do something and i gotta eat yeah. so and this is you know and i think there's the, the you know that, that it sort of captured that sense of there are people you know of all kinds of jobs that are that will destroy your soul if you if you let that what yeah. you're doing get to you so that's why they have betting pools and they try and sort of and not look party, directly yeah. at what they're doing and and, yeah. and make light of it and have all that foxhole humor and so on um and i thought that captured it really well i mean if you literally had to appease the old gods by sacrificing people well that's an important job and you have to kind of do it and mm-hmm. and you know but it's you got to find ways to get through the day and uh, I thought it was really interesting how the movie like sort of made this weird kind of white collar world about how we keep the how we keep the the universe in line. I can actually, I, can I would s- say that I enjoyed watching that part more. I did yeah, too. Just, yeah, yeah. So that's, that's, that's what I'm saying. I, in, in the end, I but, felt well. I, I I did too, but I know that's because I like West Wing style stuff more than I like Nightmare exactly. on Elm Street kind of stuff. Um, but I, I can see, I can actually see where you're coming from, and I feel like. If there's if there's any real structural flaw to the movie and what it set up sets up and what it pays off, it it exists in the fact that it sets up the the new guy the the, new the security guard yeah yeah that guy as kind of like okay I'm I'm now entering this world He's and I'm going to say to be an audience surrogate yes for that room but nothing else is is the issue I would take with but it, it. he doesn't it, play any it other almost role feels like the way he's set up and introduced as that he should have the arc where he's kind of the one that goes you know what the system is fucked up. And I'm going to be the one that takes some kind of action and changes it, or at least forces change, and that doesn't really happen. I think that's what happens in the movie that is the Bradley Whifford half of Cabin in the Woods as a movie. Like, that's the story you tell in that movie. I think that's the, the 70s Easy Rider version of this movie. That, you know, <laughs> Trey is talking about, well, you can't really do the real Downer movie because it's 2012 and we have to make money. Um, but if you had the real, you know, 70s fuck you audience movie, 
I think that's how that movie played well, out. Well, I, I think Which, if you had it kind of does have that ending in a sense. It still does. It still has yeah. it way more than I ever. It does. It does. It does do. You know, it goes. It goes beneath the Planet of the Apes at the end, which is yeah. like you know still uh, the the ballsiest movie ending <laughs> still ever made. And uh, every story I, I write, I want to end with. I want to make end like beneath the Planet of the Apes, and I'm sure no one will ever ever pay for any movie that ends that way. Uh, are, are you going to include the voiceover though? Uh, not the original. Not the original one. I'm going to have Sigourney planet. Weaver recreate it. Oh, that's much better. <laughs> uh, so no, I think if you had to assign just one adjective to Cabin in the Woods, it would be fun. More than anything, it wants to be a fun movie. It wants you to sit there and laugh and have a good time. And I'm not saying that I don't like that or that I want to take away from that. I was about to I just, you. Why do you I just, hate fun? I, well, I do, but that's not important right now. <laughs> I just wish it had been a little bit more committed to being fun and also being about something. In, 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 I feel like, like I said, in my point of view there are these two movies that are happening simultaneously and the movie head fakes toward both of them but never commits toward either one i think and this is me monday morning quarterbacking and just generally being an ass i think that it would have been possible with a couple of more drafts to have a movie that's fun that's enjoyable that makes you go wow that was a ride but you know what it also made me think i think that there what was would it make you think little... about in a perfect world well, like I said, you could have gone one of two ways. It could have been, gee, you know, I enjoyed that, but I kind of feel conflicted that I enjoyed that because in that movie, I was the old god and I was there, you know, watching people get tortured and murdered purely for my own amusement. On the other side of the coin, it also could have been that regime that the movie postulated that we sacrifice human beings for, you know, for satisfaction and entertainment. That's monstrous. And I really got emotional catharsis when they took that down. We didn't really get either one of those. It just, you know, part of it's the ending. Okay, well, fuck it. We're going to sit here. We're going to get high and we're going to let the world end. That doesn't really give me any particular sense of personal release. And all right, it was fun, but was it supposed to be fun? Was I supposed to enjoy it or was I supposed to feel bad about it afterwards? We were talking uh, after we saw it last week, me and Jeff were about movies wherein the audience is being kind of called out. One way or another. Like, I think... And one of the examples was Sucker Punch. Now, that requires the assumption that we're talking about the version of Sucker Punch that we didn't get. The one <laughs> that actually made its point in a way that was visible from the theater. Yeah, but. Sucker Punch could have used another, uh, a more direct nudge about yeah, exactly. if it, that's what, in fact, what it was trying was to do. Sucker Punch was trying to be the sort of thing where it's an audience and diamond movie. What are what were other examples? Do you recall what the other ones we were talking well, about the, were? the far end of the spectrum is Michael Henke's Funny Games. Which he made twice. He made it once, I think, in German or Dutch. I can't remember. But then he made an English language remake of his own movie, which was like shot for shot. So you can see either one. And I don't know if you guys have seen it. You know, don't. Because <laughs> not only is it just a scathing and, and horrifying experience. <laughs> it, it's, it's really unpleasant to watch because of the subject matter. But it's also just really unpleasant to watch as a movie. So I can't recommend it. But it's the whole premise of that movie is, oh, okay, you guys want to watch torture porn? I'll give you torture porn. Choke on it. You're not going to like it. Right. That was that was more than critical of its audience. It was hostile toward its audience. It was it was, you know, downright mean spirited toward its audience. That's the far end of the spectrum. And then we have other movies that, you know, I used The Hunger Games as an example. Brian's about to lose his crap on me. But (laughs) there are there are movies that include as some aspect of their of their theme. You're. You want to see something, and I'm going to show you enough of it to make you realize you didn't want to see it after all. I'm going to give you exactly what you want in the worst way possible. And that's not what Hunger Games does at all. And, there's, and yet, there's <laughs> the, the sad thing about that. Whenever that's that's something that you want to try and do is is Poe's law, in a sense, comes into yeah. effect. Is no matter how horrifying, there are going to be the people who think that was awesome. 
It's yeah. like you totally didn't get that I was trying to like make you feel bad about what you like, nope. and yeah. uh, you know, and so so that's and then that's the trick. You know, you have to walk if you're if you're doing a movie that is trying to or any kind of any kind of really art, piece of art that's trying to make the audience look at itself. I mean, there's going to be some that are incapable of doing that. I mean, there's going to be some people who, you know, the people who like saw Cabin in the Woods and go, I didn't understand it. Or, you know, it, it wasn't scary enough. Or what it's like. There wasn't, a, there, you, was, there was too little gore. And, yeah, yeah. It's like, it, and, but there are people who, you know, the, uh, Whedon and, and uh, Whedon and um, uh, Goddard set out to, you know, the movie again at the time, uh, you know, when they made it, which is like three years ago, that, you know, torture porn was really, really kind of at its height. It's kind of backed down a little bit, although we still have the human centipede, which is like, I don't even want to hear about the human <laughs> centipede. Why do humans want to go see that movie? I'm scared about that. Um, that there, that's to me, that's kind of the logical, you know, the one of the extreme ends of that thing. Pardon, you know, no pun intended, but the um, they literally <laughs> wanted you know, Goddard and, and uh, we literally wanted to make a comment on that. Um, but to understand that they're making a comment on that, you do have to be someone who is aware that there should be a commentary on that. Yes. You, so, you have to somehow already have some kind of quality of introspection yeah. to let you go. So if you're literally place. a person who wanted Cabin in the Woods to be the ritual performed as it is proscribed in the ancient texts, then you're not going to get or like if you do get the meta commentary that it's making. Yeah. You know? But but in fairness, if you're the kind of person who wants to see that, may I politely refer you to every other aspect of our culture. You can be satisfied if you want that impulse by everything else we do and make and watch and see. I mean, it, it's not... I understand the point of view that we don't want to criticize the audience too hard because the audience really does want this and they are going to be disappointed if they don't get it. But at the same time, those guys were never going to be on board with you no matter what you did. You know, those guys are going to sit there and go, I want to see blood. I want to see guts. I want to see. Nightmare and yet those are the street. guys you need to reach the most. It's well, like going, except you're it's not like... going to. If, you, if, you're, if your goal is to reach those guys, now you're just now you're just jacking off. Now you're now you're making. OK, now you're not even making entertainment. You're making a, a, a you're preaching. It's polemical. So, exactly. And so, it shouldn't be. So polemical. in the end, the movie had no choice but to reach out to the audience that it was trying to reach out to, which is the people who are already. Saying yeah. why are why on earth do people watch this bullshit? Yeah, um, and 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 give you a comedic reason to sort of justify it. So you're so it's preaching to the choir. The movie is is absolutely preaching to the choir. The movie's not going to convert one single person. Like I watched Hostel. What is wrong with me? <laughs> you know, no, not one person is going to have that reaction. So the the audience is necessarily limited. It does have that you know hipster i'm cooler than the, <laughs> uh, than the great unwashed audience because that's who that's who made it you know it's i'm like, into postmodernism. exactly it's like if you don't if you don't get the whole meta thing man it's okay you know it's you know, it's, it's for it's pretty underground it's, it's a movie for smug bastards such as ourselves <laughs> um you're not I just gonna thought of a really amusing analogy if you're trying to make a piece of art in any sort of medium you're sort of uh this kind of audience perhaps indicting or at least audience discussing a piece of work specifically catered to that audience, like Cabin in the Woods or any of those other movies we talked about. Maybe an analogy about that is, if you want to get through to them, you obviously have to live into the form that they're looking for, right? It's like a stripper trying to tell the people watching the stripper, what are we doing here? What, what, what do you expect? <laughs> yeah. Now, you can't write that on the bra. You have to write that on the tits. She has to take off yeah. the bra and show you the won't tits. won't see it otherwise. And then she's written on the tits in Sharpie, what are we doing here, guys? <laughs> if you don't take off the bra, then no one was happy at all. If you got the tits in there, then it's fine. 
see, this doesn't connect exactly see, to what we're talking see, about. See what I'm just saying? But the analogy was useful. <laughs> see, this is why this is why this is it's it's occasionally sad that this is only an audio podcast because Teague just said tits and then just went off into his own little world for a second. He looked off into the middle distance with a big grin on his face just at the concept of tits. Thank you, and, Ewing. He says fantastic analysis. I appreciate it. Yeah, me and Ewing are on the. You, you gotta, but it, but you gotta take off the bra and have the message on the tits. You have to actually be what it is enough that the people want to see it, that, that, and then they then they examine what exactly, they're looking at. Yeah, but, so that, yeah. that you've had the initial moment of fooling the the audience or them getting on board, and then you know it's that it's that contract that you make with, with between the audience and the filmmaker. You go, hey, okay. tits. Wait, what's that written on the tits? Yeah. Hey. Okay, I'm <laughs> I'm signing on board for this this journey that you're going to tell me about, and then wait, what? No, ah, yeah, but you have to get them on board the ship first before you can. Sink it on them, I guess. Exactly, to, and to, and if and if you do, and if you do that successfully, <laughs> half of them are going to resent you for it. So yeah, exactly, you know, it's like I think in the end, you know, the the audience is is it's you know it's not a it's not going to make Avengers money this movie. No way. It's just not. It just doesn't have enough. It's not a four quadrant movie. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's like you have you have to be able to stomach. Wait, what's a four quadrant movie? Four quadrant movie is grandma loves it and the kids love it, oh, and moms okay, yeah, love it, sure. and dads love it, and hipsters love it, and teenagers love it. You know, so yeah, it's the four major demographic groups, and if you can hit all four, then exactly. And and uh, then know, where then Cabin, shut yeah. up and give me your money. Cabin in the Woods is you know is is boy the Venn diagram for Cabin <laughs> in the Woods is is pretty. Uh, it's got a lot of circles. It's a Rubik's to cube. It. <laughs> you know, but that's fine. It's like you know the 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 glorious thing about the world we live in for a little while longer is not every movie has to be a blockbuster you know that some movies can actually be for this is for a limited audience and that's why it has a limited budget that's why we're not spending 100 million to make this movie well i i think that was the thing i said the first thing i said when i walked out of the theater was i, I i'm glad this movie exists i can't because, wait to see what other movies get made because this one worked well i actually i think what i said was a little bit uh, more jerkish than that i think what i said was i want there to be more more movies like this one but better than this one just because, you know, like I said, I'm hard on this movie. I, I thought it raised my expectations higher than it subsequently fulfilled them. If it hadn't made me expect more, then I would have liked it more for what it was. But I just, I, I, it's a fine line to walk. You know, going back to the, the, the audience thing, it's a very fine line to walk between downright attacking your audience and saying, you're horrible people for watching this movie, thank you for your $12. And, <laughs> you know, and going to the other end of the spectrum, which is just purely pandering to them, regardless of, of any sort of moral consequences of what they're asking for. And horror movies, we've got to remember, have always been moralis- moralistic. The, the, the Cabin in the Woods mocks that and, and reference, deconstructs it a little bit with the whole archetypes thing and the, the idea that the virgin must must survive to the end and may or may not die. She may, you know, live through this, you know, to reward her for her virtue, but the whore has to die first, but only after she's been corrupted. It's a very moralistic genre. And yet at the same time, incredibly amoral because it's inviting people to sit down in a dark room together and watch people get tortured to death. You know, it's, it's a very iffy kind of thing. And it's it's capitalizing on these very dark aspects of our psyche. For personal gain. Right. Without commenting on them and without right. reflecting on them. And it's, it's a fine line to walk to to take that premise, that, that established genre conceit, and show it to people, give them what they want, while at the same time, you know, writing in the Sharpie on the tits, while at the same time reflecting on it and saying, you know, guys, leave the theater and feel good about watching this movie, but think about it a little bit before you sit down and watch the next one. Think about what this means. Think about, think about what this means for us as people and as civilized human beings that we enjoy watching this kind of thing. Well, I'm not saying you're jerks, 
But, you know, think about it. A well, bit. that's something that I was curious about because we seem to be jumping to an assumption, which might be right. But is there a chance that this is not supposed to be specifically a commentary about the audience? But more Joss and Drew were like, <laughs> they all work this way. Wouldn't it be fucking wacky if there was like this weird mousetrap scenario where there's literally just a machine that makes these movies happen this way with these people in them? Well, it's, it's that. I mean, in, as, the, as in, the, end, to, in the end, these people it's entertainment anything. and it's not a fucking college class on, on deep, dark movie secrets. And, and <laughs> in the end, it's meant to be Except that. Except for that whiteboard, which is fun. They snuck in a couple of, you know, things to make you think if you are already inclined to think. But, you know... The you know the, the the cat won't eat the dog food no matter how much dog food you put in front of him so it's like you don't want to fill the thing up with dog food because then it's just going to go to waste so it's 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 I think it did exactly you know and we can you know we can, you can, anything could be quibbled about you know as we said it could be a little more of this a little more of that to taste but it's like in the end it did what it had to be it took this insane premise it milked it for the fun. It put a little bit of social commentary in there for the people who already would be inclined to see it. Didn't try and educate the stupid people that their that their lives are meaningless <laughs> because that's not going to win you any audience. Um, and uh, you know, and tried to walk that line. But in the end, it's a fun movie that does take a meta approach to horror movies. And so, if you just appreciate it on the mystery science level, where they sort of said. You know, without without take out the commentary aspect of uh, at all, and just if you if you understand the form of a horror movie, this is a joke about why that form exists without any kind of commentary on why it's bad or good. It's just sort of a meta version of a of a horror movie, and it works on that level. And any little bit of social commentary is just you know the parsley that's that's on the side if you if you if you want to nibble at it. Yeah, we 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 I. You bring up an excellent point, and I don't want to be remiss to be too critical of the movie without acknowledging what I think it got right. It is a fun movie. It is a clever movie, because if you take out all of the social commentary stuff that I've been on a soapbox about for the last 20 minutes, it, it, it starts with a conceit that horror movies are intrinsically silly and stupid, and then it comes up with a storytelling framework in which that, in which that silliness and stupidity makes sense, where it's necessary and, oh, it happens this way for a reason. Damn, that's clever writing. Yeah. And I respect the hell out of how clever that writing is. Like I said, I wanted more because the movie raised me to expect more in its first act, but I don't want to you know, take away from what I thought it got right. You wanted the movie to tell you that it hated you even more. Well, yeah, because I yeah. hate myself. You want the movie to chain you up a little bit, sort of put a ball gag on you, <laughs> Can we maybe tell you yeah, what's going on. That's, that's, that's your business. The that's Kevin in the Woods, uh, too. Bury a chainsaw up your butt, uh, see what happens. Now, see, you lost me on that last one. See, I was making a joke about torture porn. You okay. wanted the movie to torture you back. Yeah, but the f- oh my god! Ah! Yeah, but the first few of those things sounded like a really fun time. Yeah, I know, right? That's funny. That's a funny. Or idea. as we call it, Tuesday. That's Cabin. <laughs> in the, yeah, that's Cabin in the Woods too. This is a movie that indicts the audience so much that the horror is happening to the audience. <laughs> so it is Human Centipede. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well. Awesome. And there was a conversation that happened about that. I saw the first Human Centipede. I didn't see the second one, and I saw the first one out of curiosity. And it's, you know, it's the Human Centipede. It's not actually as. It's actually a kind of a reserved movie about this really horrible thing. People had a problem. They took umbrage with Human Centipede 2. And this is really interesting. And it also relates to the conversation about audience indictment by the filmmaker and what that means. Because a movie like Cabin in the Woods or What Soccer Bunch Might Have Been or Funny Games or anything like that are talking about the audience of the genre, right? Sort of generally they're talking about you people with your fucking teens in the woods kind of horror comedies and all that stuff. And they're sort of addressing the broad scope there. Human Centipede 2 went a different route with it, and I haven't seen it, and I might be mistaken here, but I don't think there's enough people in our in our constituency here that will care that I'm going maybe a little bit off the rails with what I think it means. But if my understanding is correct, the director of the Human Centipede made Human Centipede 2 
specifically an indictment of the people who liked the human centipede one <laughs> not yeah. torture porn no literally the movie takes place where in a world where the human centipede is a movie and it takes shits on the people who like the human centipede well you, you didn't you tell me that it was made by a different creative team i think it might have been i'm not sure about that no, in any know. case it's specifically shitting all it's like empire shitting on those fags that like star wars i mean it's like that kind of a thing <laughs> how far can you get with if, if you're trying to get through to an audience one way or another and kind of have an intervention with your audience, <laughs> how far are you allowed to go before you're just being an asshole? <laughs> exactly. That's look. That's nobody a... likes the people that liked him in Centipede. We know that. But she's come on, guys. <laughs> just don't make you make a movie that's like literally like I got candy. I got boom. <laughs> what, dude? Well, come on. You shouldn't want hey, this candy. This candy's bad for you. Do you have any more candy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that, that candy's even better than the other candy. That's sort of how I got to this point where we're talking about how I want a movie that's going to whip me back. Exactly. That's human centipede, too. Pose, pose law applies in all walks of life. You know, yeah. There's always like, there's, no, there's nowhere you can go that someone won't go, that's awesome, keep going. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, I'm fucking with you. There, there's a guy that wanted to be eaten and arranged for that to happen and fulfilled that yeah desire there's a there's a limited there's a limited market there but there is a market is the point it's like once you get to that point where else can you go (laughs) where where else is there to go i'm sure the human centipede people are working on that right now which which surprisingly brings us right back to the movie because i mean i have a hard time getting away from the idea that part of the quote-unquote message of the movie i'm not saying it was a message movie but you know it had something to say It, it feels like Part of what it had to say was that we live in an awful, awful world that is beyond redemption and we should just let it all burn down. That's the character's point of view by the end of the movie. I'm not saying that's the writer's yeah. you know, intent, but that's, that's where the movie ends up. Um, maybe. I'm okay with this. Yeah, well, I'm not sure I disagree with it, actually. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, yeah. God. Bail out now. Yes. <laughs> and I'm a Democrat. so Yeah, exactly. I th- we're supposed to be the hopeful ones. I, I, I took it as like, that the, at the end, whether or not, like, you know, after a, after a shower and a good night's sleep, they might go, actually, no, we shouldn't, you know, let the world end. Um, that just after all they'd been through, that they were just so worn out, they were like, fuck it. Just fuck it. You know, fuck all you guys. Fuck it. You know, and, and, and yet it's like, well, what's, what's the other answer? It's not like you can go, hey, old gods, we'd like to not perform the ritual for you. Um, the you know, old gods aren't going to have that conversation exactly. with you. The, the, the audience is not going to let the director have that conversation. Exactly. With us, so, and, just to bring it back. And some of the old gods were not pleased by uh, by the way it ended. Uh, one of them sitting on the couch next to me. So, so <laughs> the you know again you you know somewhere there's going to be a god who's pissed off at whatever you do, no matter what. I'm, I'm covering my head. I'm eating meat. I'm having fish on a Friday. Oh, there's a god somewhere who's pissed off. About it. <laughs> so I, you but, you can't make a move without pissing off somebody's god. So so the, the I think the the thing is. They built themselves into a corner, you know, story-wise, where it's like, well, they could have come up with a satisfying way to to appease the gods, uh, and the movie would have had, I think, just as much of a downer, you know, faux downer ending to it by having just, you know, one of them killed. And I guess, I guess it would be this. According to the rules, the stoner had to be the one who, who right. died. So I actually had a thought course. about that, but you can continue. I, well, there was a, there was a one one. There's a detail in the plot where. They seem to be hinting at something that didn't... I guess they were hinting at something else, and I was just misinterpreting it. I thought the twist was going to be... Because they talk about how the virgin isn't a virgin. Yeah. And, and Sigourney yeah, Weaver says, yeah, we work too. with what we got. Yeah. I thought the punchline was going to be the stoner was the a virgin. virgin. Yeah. You know, it's like they're, you, that's what I was you're killing too. the wrong yeah. person. It's like if you screw it up, if, you know, she's the one who has to die. I kept um, that would be the big, to fall over the thing. That, that would like, be the oh. revelation that, you know, it's like, well, I'm not actually a virgin. Like, oh, but I am. And it's like, oh, you're the one who has to die. And that would be the last sudden twist at the end. Right. But it's like... 
okay, you've got these two characters who are as sympathetic as they can be. I like the I like the girl. I, I, I and I thought the the stoner dude, you know, Fran was okay. But of course, I have a sort of a bias against the actor more than the character. But um, but you know, you come to like him because it's like to a certain extent, or even I did. But then it's the end. It's like well. How do I want to see her die or him die at this point? You know, what is the satisfying way that they can resolve that and save the world according to the scenario they've built? Right. What's the what's the karmically fair version where I can enjoy watching him die, but also not feel bad about myself for doing it? Yeah. And is the point? I can't of the believe movie, you just said that sentence. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But well, that's that's the point of the movie is oh, I get to watch these people die, but we have to contrive these ways for specifically for them to die so that I get to feel good about myself. See, that's oh, the, she's a whore. I'm not a whore. That's the modern version He's of it. He's stupid. Like, oh, I'm not stupid. We acknowledge a person has to die. We're just trying to make ourselves feel okay about it. Yeah. <laughs> we're just trying to find out. Yeah, you have to go to Afghanistan and get your head blown off, but uh, we're trying to rationalize it over here so we, we, we can go, that was important that we did And that. If, there, if there's any so we can buy Cheerios the movie, tomorrow. It's, so the world was, doesn't end. That's important. It's like, But if you're the person who's being sacrificed, do you, do you care if the world ends or not? The world's ending for you anyway. Anyway. And if, if if there's any indictment to the movie, I think it's there. It's in, it's in the sense that you've built to this situation where this person has to die, and I think it shares a lot in regards to with the Hunger Games in the sense, so like you built to the situation it where really this person—it's like a parallel piece to the Hunger Games. It kind <laughs> okay, of, wait, 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 really, really is. I want to understand okay. how the Carol, the, 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 the it, well, it it uses <laughs> the same thing at the end. It's like someone has to die. Wait, no, no, you both don't have to die. Wait, you could both live, but you can't both live. But okay, it, it, just, it, it, it has the same same yeah, setup at the finale. It's building up to the situation where this person has to die, but you're not uh, you're not on board. You're not. You're not on board with them having to die. You go, oh, I really don't want them to fucking die. What's going on? We're waving at the screen for some reason. Because uh, uh, Dorkman's playing hooky from work. Ah, hello. <laughs> or, the, or we have an imposter. Anyway, uh, Dorkman is in the chat room. That's now. That's 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 weird. That's, that's just wrong. that's meta. That's, that's just that's freaking so meta. Me out. There's two levels. Is it uh, I what I felt was the the real failing of the Hunger Games was that the the strongest situation is at the end. Even more so than PETA, I think the stronger situation would have been for it to be uh, Katniss and Rue left over, and Katniss like, I have to kill Rue, or let Rue kill me, One, and that's my that's my choice, and that's all I have, and that fucking sucks. <laughs> and that's that's the issue, it's like, movies and these stories and these this ritual is about us fulfilling the secret desire of ours to judge other people and to watch other people suffer and die but also rationalizing it in a certain way according to these rules. So according to these rules, she's a whore or he's the jock or it's the horror movie tropes, and so they have to die because that's the ritual. But at the end, you have to strip the ritual away and go, no, you're, you want this person to die. You, you just want to watch this person suffer and die. Regardless of whatever bullshit reasons you've come up with to explain to yourself why it's okay, at the end of the day, you still want to watch this person die and that's fucked up. That's really <laughs> fucked up. But, I, even, but I even, think, the, even the even the the standard movie construction is like we like to see the the bad guy, the quote unquote bad guy, suffer and die at the end of a movie. That's, that's, that's and like, I like that's Alan a requ- that's a requirement. Yeah, and yet it's like you know, but then but then there's a moralistic choice being made there too. It's like yeah. you're bad, you deserve that. Fate. It's it's a very moralizing. It's a very intrinsically judgmental, high horse kind of a thing. Going, I am 
morally superior because, well, she's a whore and I'm not a whore. He's stupid mm-hmm. and I'm not stupid. Well, we or, use the word comeuppance for a reason. I mean, yeah. it, that's that's the whole premise of this thing. And and I've, I've been trying to think of a way to say this that doesn't make me sound like the most pretentious ass in the world. Do it. That's okay. Brian's here. He's got a beard and everything. Yeah. <laughs> working on it. Uh, Throwing I, it back. If I'd been writing this script, and God, I just I feel terrible just even saying that. I feel like I want to throw up. But if I'd been writing this script. <laughs> at a Starbucks in Silver Lake. At a Starbucks in Silver Lake. Sure. I, Free Wi-Fi. I'll tell you how I would have ended it. And, and let me preface this by saying the other night, for the first time, uh, I watched Shaun of the Dead with Teague. And one of the things I said about that and about, about how much I liked that movie is, yes, it's, 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 first of all, it's a zombie movie. And secondly, it's kind of silly. But third, it takes itself very seriously in parts. Asterisks, continue. Uh, all I was going to say is that the movie doesn't hold back from, uh, from, from indulging in pathos when it's called for in the story. Well, similarly, Cabin in the Woods is a fun movie. It's, it's kind of satirical. It's kind of deconstructive. But at the same time, if it, if it had been me writing it, at the end, when did we say spoiler alert? At the end yeah. where, uh, where, there's a, where there's a gun in play and there's a question of which of us is going to kill the other, Shaggy kills himself. And then Sigourney Weaver takes the, what, what was the character's name, the virgin character? Uh, Marty McFly, remember? I don't know. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Anyway, Sigourney Weaver takes her aside and, and they have a heartfelt conversation that concludes with, if this is the price we have to pay to save the world, I don't think it's worth paying. Interesting. And that's what, and that's what the little girl says or Sigourney says? So it ends with a conversation. You pick them. Well, I mean, it, it ends with a denouement, right? Well, I, it, it, but you just... I was expecting something really cool, and all you said was, then they talk about stuff. Yes, that's my point. My point okay. is, my, again, you're making a movie that is going to make $30 million less at the box office, which is cool. I mean, you can well, make that I kind mean, of movie. Maybe. I'm, I'm not saying it's the greatest idea in the world. I'm just saying that I off, mean, but off the, the cuff, if we're talking the about how the movie But the movie, movie says that message anyway. The movie says, this is the price to pay to keep the... And the movie says, fuck it. Let's not pay that price. That's what the movie says by its actions. Well, yeah, that's the distinction that I'm drawing, though, and it's a subtle point, but it's not, it's not fuck it. Well in, the, well, in the chat room, here's what Dorkman's it, saying. Respond to that. I think the point of the I think this is I'm sorry I think that that is the point of the ending though the two remaining victims decide if this is what it takes to keep the world turning fuck it agree or disagree <laughs> I, I know Dark Man we, we we said we were going to stop doing that and we, it it I, I swear I wasn't even looking at this stop game. saying what I said yeah. Dark Man okay I'm just, Dark Man I just need to start dating I think we just need to it's clearly uh, I'm you gonna guys have are going to make, no, I, I make some I adjustments think. in my uh, thinking and. I think, him too. I, I think that's the fundamental thematic. Here's me getting really pretentious. I think that's the fundamental thematic question. <laughs> that's what we're here for. Is, and I think it's, again, to draw this parallel to Hunger Games, and I guess spoilers, people were complaining about, I guess we spoiled We didn't really spoil it. We, we didn't really If you knew it. the characters' names, then you knew the the, the, the movie anyway, so yes. we didn't spoil anything. So, yeah. and Blur and Flar end up together at the end. Spoiler. <laughs> words you don't even, don't even mean anything if you haven't seen the movie. So I think those are the, that's the... The thematic question, central thematic question at both of them is, um, here is this horrible system that I am forced to participate in against my will. Do I participate? And my only other, my only two choices are, do I participate or do I commit suicide and remove myself from the system entirely? And which do I do? And that's like, to me, that feels like the central thematic question of both. And I feel like Cabin in the Woods gets most of the way there and does say something <laughs> with okay well we're just gonna say fuck the world and let the old gods wreck the place well the, the, that's that's the choice we're making and i feel like hunger games doesn't 
get anywhere close to saying anything at all about that in any way, shape, or form. Fuck well, the Hunger Games. You're absolutely right <laughs> that that's the central theme of both, but where they differ is that in the Hunger Games, the stakes are, uh, if I don't do this, they're going to kill me, they're going to kill my family, my friends, whatever. It's a big deal, but it's fairly limited in scope. In Cabin in the Woods, the stakes are, if I don't participate in this, the whole world ends and everybody dies and, you know, all the cute little babies and puppies and kittens. There's, I have a hard time sympathizing with any character who would look at the absolute end of the entire world and just go, meh, let's Humanity. just get high. <laughs> I, yeah. I just, Which is my favorite line in the whole film. Yeah. Uh, Humanity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And again, that's what I, that's again, because I like the ending of Beneath the Planet of the Apes too, where Charlton Heston goes, you know, enough of this shit. Just, you know, spoiler, by the way. But, uh, you know, Charlton Heston goes, you know what? I've, I've got it. Here's my answer. Boom. <laughs> Fuck this. Fuck all this. You know, and, uh, and it's because, it's because as a character, the journey of the character is like, I'm just tired. I've, my I girlfriend's dead and I'm shot and everyone I know is dead and my planet is and I and you guys are freaking monkeys. You know what? <laughs> Wipe the slate. Let's just let's just stop. And so I think, let's see what the cockroaches come up. You know, with. I think Boom. the story at uh, the end of Cabin in the Woods is uh, you know they, they could have gone in a bunch of different ways and and uh, and I was I was actually my my as I said at the time my dissatisfaction with the ending of Cabin in the Woods was that it was a humanoid hand that came bursting out of the ground when really shouldn't have been like a Cthulhu tentacle or something. Yeah, why, I agree with why that. Why are the, why the ancient gods humanoid i don't understand that at all i actually like that just because i didn't expect it because i didn't expect the human hand and it's you know this giant thing and it was like oh okay well i guess this is zeus who's coming out of the ground that ran uh, contrary to my expectations but the yes or whatever but uh but the you know that sense of again i think i think the character journey was that they were just so tired and pissed off and go like all this time this is what the hell this was about you know that's bullshit fuck it yeah Yeah. (laughs) exactly that's just bullshit so i think like i said after a good night's sleep, they might have said, huh. you know, I could, uh, one, okay, you get really stoned, and I'll just blow your brains out, and we'll save the world. All right, I guess that makes the most sense. But in the heat of the moment, they just went, ah, fuck all you people. Just fuck it. Just <laughs> screw it. In the chat, Ewing says, because God made man in his image. So so we're saying it's the Christian God that we release at the end, the Christian God. Well, you he, like to think that? This big lava hand is the real Christian God? Not a guy with beard and robes. Yeah. No, lava monster. Yeah, like a Balrog comes out. Your I mean, God what, is a lava what, monster. That's what the old gods ought to be. Where in the Bible does it say he's not a lava monster? <laughs> yeah, it doesn't say he's not. Doesn't sure, it say... in his image, but he only had skin to work with. He didn't have lava. doesn't say he doesn't have tentacles. So he made little skin <laughs> versions of his lava monster self. Yeah. Your homunculus is made of lava. It's in the, it's in the Apocrypha. Yeah, it's there. Yeah. It's all there. Look it up, man. It's anyway, online. Darkman says, well, this, the hand is... The metaphor is that the gods are the audience, and that's just a sort of literal interpretation of the gods except the, the ha- except the, the hand that the final frame is the hand crushes us the hand the hand kills us it reaches down and smacks us so or you could think of it as saying that well, the again, hand crushes oh God, the not, camera uh, crew. it's meta it's meta so like, like i said yeah, i i i buy you know it's it's a it's a very clear one-to-one mm-hmm. metaphor relationship it's how much you know dirt you want to sprinkle on top of it to make it not absolutely clear <laughs> i'm, I'm yeah. kind of with you trey i think i wish they had covered up that a little more and made it a little more crab or tentacle or something or you know just so it's not just a human hand but i mean yeah. this I, is, either this way is you the go, definition of quibbling I'm yeah like yeah. oh the movie sucks What's either that? way you go the, the the metaphor relationship is clear so it's just a yeah. it, well let me quibble. ask you guys this this is this is related to something teague and i were talking about last night if we had just cut that one shot from the movie and ended it one shot before, fuck it, would that have made a different movie for you guys? Would that have changed it dramatically? No, because the world is clearly ending even when they're in the chamber. Yeah, so, I just think I just think. So, but as far as a movie, if they had just literally like wiped the frame and gone to credits, 
it would have been a sort of a, a sense of something lacking. Just just movie wise, just like you need to you know something to to show. Don't tell. Like, I mean, they would have been like, okay, the world has ended, but we didn't actually see the world exactly. Ending. So it's and like that well, shot shows us, yeah, you know, some kind of well, is it even going to happen, or is it is there one my final mind fuck where you know it's like okay, so no, the world's really not going to end. Which I kind of thought they might go. It's yeah, like, I, I had I, that coming. There's going to be is there going to be like one more level of meta on top of this right. where, where oh, it's like all I kind of I, I was kind of thinking not that not that I think the movie should have gone this direction i was kind of thinking that someone was then step in and and school sigourney weaver on what's really been going on the whole time <laughs> that like, would be amazing you know like there's yet another there's another control room somewhere <laughs> and you're like okay so guess what you failed the test <laughs> you kids can go sigourney you i'm guys, gonna need to see you in my office yeah sigourney i'd like to see you in my office right now that's a movie i would watch the hell out of that yeah. might that maybe there's maybe that's an answer that would have satisfied everybody because i, I would have loved that yeah because that, that when they but then then it is the Hunger Games. Then it's like they stand together and they go "fuck you," and some Uber being goes, "Okay, you win." Yeah, <laughs> you know, then it is really the. And it's weird that it would be the Hunger Games that was made three years before the Hunger Games was made. Well, I had a weird thought about that in the universe of the film, in the universe of the film specifically, uh, the humans win, the gods lose. The gods kill the humans, but then they don't get no more ritual sacrifices. Well, Ever that, again. That, yeah, well, that's but, why most apocalypse scenarios don't make sense anyway. That's that's the that's the Bond villain. So your goal is to destroy the world. Yeah. And then profit? Well, uh, what <laughs> what is the point? Well, yeah, but I mean the, the, the like in all cosmic horror stories, the the quote-unquote gods or whatever they are, they're left really ineffable and and you know, their motivations are are not only unexplained but posited to be incomprehensible. So the idea that, you know, we're just like bugs to them that they're tolerating so that we can entertain them momentarily and that ends and then they go back yeah. to, you know, whatever their day jobs That's are. That's usually what it is. Clacking it's, planets it, together yeah. to see if they break. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's not yeah, it's not like God will Yeah, go. it's what, what am I going to do without earth? Uh, you know. <laughs> In the chat well, according room, to some Christianity, that, that is what God thinks. But yeah. Yeah. In the chat, uh, C-Spin points out something that blows my fucking mind. He says, how have you guys not talked about the batshit insane Monster Fest third act yet? Well, because, because I hated it. We assume that we assume that you've seen the movie and it's awesome, right? Okay. I enjoyed it. I yeah. enjoyed the hell out of it. Why'd you hate it? I got bored. I think you guys have talked you're about a, this. You're a grouch. Hang on. <laughs> you grouchy bitch. I, I think I've heard you guys talk you about this You need a bug hit, dude. If not, this has definitely been talked about by other people. But there are certain sequences in movies where, at, at least for me, and I think it's universally true, where if the sequences are not sufficiently engaging or comprehensible, you just kind of check out and wait for it to be over. Sure. Like a badly executed action sequence like, or whatever. Like Transformers. You that's don't have any sense of the geography of what's going on. That's, so my, exactly. that's my John Carter. You know, John Carter slash Attack of the Clones slash Transformers. Transformers are exactly the movies where I did go, I need to stop by the store and pick up some parsley on the way home. You know, where I literally was not watching the movie I was watching. I didn't I didn't have that for Cabin in the Woods. Though. That was how I felt specifically during that third act off the rails <laughs> sequence where it just it went on for the length of a Bible and all you're seeing is blood and gore and one extreme, extremely indiscreet suicide. And it just it in parts bored and horrified me and I don't mean horrified in a good way it was like unpleasant to watch juxtaposed with just tedious and tiresome and I was waiting for it to be over so that the movie could continue on with the story it had for me it had a, it had a small bit of pacing issues I would have it, it was it could have used a little tightening was my was my sense as well um, not that I was I wasn't horrified by the whole by the by the content of it 
Um, I was amused by the content of it. And, of course, it is a, a, a freeze frame opportunity to go, oh, look, it's a killer clown and a this and a that. And, and, and you know, there, that's the, that's the was fun of it. Is there an angry molesting tree in that sequence? Yes, there it is. Was. It is there. Cool. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> There's an angry molesting tree um, and all that happy stuff. Um, I, I just want to see who Kevin is. I, I just want to see I, one guy I, walk by and, like, just be, like, shooting people in the face. I want to know. Nice little know preppy guy. Kevin. And, and why, why didn't and, and kill the, you know, why did no one bet on Kevin? Why is no one betting on Kevin? <laughs> I, I assumed it was, like, a Freddy or a Jason. That's what, that's what I think yeah. it is. Is Freddie? You know, Kevin is is Freddie. But we've been having a conversation in the, in the we've been having a we've been having a conversation in the forum about how you know Kevin probably is the analog of, of Jason or Freddie. But it's like, but what if Kevin was like you know just a guy, or or, or what if Kevin was like. You know, a giant asparagus. You know, <laughs> from like from like out of Lovecraft, and for some reason, Aww. that's its name is Kevin. Drew, you spoiled it. Uh, apparently, Drew Goddard talked about it in an interview. He said it was like a Best Buy employee. Yeah, they've, he they've... nice until he dismembers people. Yes, there's yeah, so there's, like there's what I... it actually is, and there's what I'm saying. It would have been cool if it was. Yeah, right? I agree with Trey. <laughs> so... I wanted to be an asparagus. Yeah, well, it, it never showed up on screen. So exactly. exactly. Whatever it's a little deep. Like again, I'll back. Let's back up. There's a name called Kevin. Here was the mental process that I went through as a non-maker of the movie about Kevin. That was my monologue. And, so, and ever since the death of the author, you are free to make up the, your yes, own that's right. Kevin. I can make Kevin anything I want. But anyway, as far as the, the scene, I mean, the, the thing about... For me, there was a there was the the, the ending was satisfactory on a, on a story wise level because of course you know clearly the point is or the main point or a point is the irony of all these people who have dispassionately watched presumably dozens or hundreds of people get viciously violently killed by monsters are now getting viciously violently killed by monsters and of course you want to show that yes. um, and and it does and again this is where the movie is like trying to pick. You know where on the line do you want to fall as far as we're making a movie that's about movies, so how much of that movie do we want our movie to be? Is like, well, how gory and gross and horrifying do we want this massacre to be? You know, it's like, and they went, you know, they went kind of the hard, they went the far side. And, of and it. if you, it if could have been far worse. It could have been, you know, far more even horrifying than it was. And if you're doing a pose law kind of thing, you have to go further on that spectrum then it's better to err further down that side than mm. on the too too few side so i like i i think they made for me they made the right choice because i think the only way you know if, if that's if that's the story you're building and that's the finale that you're presenting i think i think the only proper choice is to go over the top with it it's like okay it's like you can't go we're gonna do every horror movie at once and not like pull the stops out as hard as you can and, and yes, and they just do a whole vaudeville act and just turn it into a vaudeville. Act. I just thought I my, my feeling on it was I thought it I thought it suffered from pacing problems um, just in the terms of not in terms of what happened on screen, but just in terms of like it could have been cut a little tighter. There was a few too many moments of sort of stopping where there's magically no mayhem for lengthy periods of time to have a conversation that didn't maybe necessarily need to be had. Um, I thought they could have had a little bit more of a freight train of just running through this you know this oh this, god oh this, god oh god yeah, oh god. yeah just like everywhere you look there's this oh god, oh craziness god, we're all gonna die yeah we're all gonna die um it just it felt like there were a few too many beats in there story-wise that just sort of bogged the pacing down it would have been i think <clears throat> more fun if they had just like let the mayhem like just just play out in in one big blast and then gotten to gotten to the chamber at the end a little quicker yeah i mean just just on a detail level there were i, I can't cite chapter and verse because i only saw it once and that was what a week ago when did we see it um mm-hmm. i i there were many sequence well there were many shots specific shots in that sequence where i would have wanted to cut away eight or ten frames sooner well there's the one family guy shot 
where there's this just it's the shot of like the little elevator lobby vestibule area where it's it starts with a million monsters and you just sit there and you watch them kill all of the other monsters in the room over the course of, and they come back to the shot repeatedly is my point mm-hmm. but it's just like lots of monsters oh some of them are dead yep 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 one zombie just eating the rest <laughs> yeah uh, you know, I, I specifically thought about that shot it's like well i thought and i thought you know is there another way to approach that? And it's like, I thought that was, that's kind of the shot that you're, like the they make, they're the equivalent of a blender and put them all in one room. At it's the kind same of the time. shot that you, 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 I think you need, I, I, I can't think of a better way to present that. It's like that. Cause that's the payoff. That's the, that's the, that's the, that's the money shot. The promise of the premise. Yeah, exactly. And I think, I think if you did that in fast cuts, um, I think that diminishes it. I think if you want to see all the monsters all the time at once, here's what happens when every horror movie at once occurs in the same place in one room. In an elevator lobby. Exactly. And I think yeah. the only way to, to present, the best way to present that is the way they presented it, but in a locked off shot that yeah. just goes on and you just get to choose whatever horror movie you want to see. You want, you want to watch the zombies in the corner and you want to watch the molesting tree yeah. over there. Um, hey, and well, because that's, that's how comedy works, you know, it, the the famous yeah. quote: "Life is comedy in long shot and drama in close up." And it's also, it, it's comedy when the camera is still, and it's drama when the camera is moving. So you know, far back, just let it happen and play out. Yeah, just tell and, me the and, joke. Yeah, that's that's as you know as clear as we can make the joke when the joke is actually this just horrible menagerie <laughs> of awfulness. Yeah, it's like the if only you're in way there, you're like ah ah ah. Yeah, you're exactly. Just looking at it, you're just like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So you have to kind of be back and and far away and separated and yeah. just let the camera take a moment to go see this. Yeah, it's to just take a look at this for a second. No, wait, wait, wait. wait. There you go. It's set up like it's it's set up like a farce. I mean, it's literally yeah. set up like a farce. It's a room full of doors <laughs> that all open at once, and <laughs> boom, there's your punchline. Anyway, are we uh, are we all good here? Do we feel like we have said our piece on the cabin in the woods. No stars. <laughs> <laughs> and God have mercy on your soul. <laughs> and we're all tumber for having listened to this answer. I actually yeah. have a quick question question for Jeff. Uh, the phantom edit rules are you can take away, but you can't add. Could you phantom edit a version of Cabin in the Woods that you liked more? Obviously, obviously, if you just took off the last shot, you would have liked it more. But could oh you, no, no, could, no! Could no. Have, I, I, just like, to, just to clarify that, I, when I asked, would it have changed the movie if you'd taken off the last shot? I don't think it would have improved the movie if you'd taken off the last shot. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I wasn't trying to make that point. Could just you, I was wondering you, what you guys thought. If I gave you one clip for your edit. And it's just the cabin in the woods. Could you cut that down into a, a thing that you like more? I don't think so because my problem with it wasn't that it dragged or that it was overly indulgent. There were a couple of there. You wanted there, to see it play out more of its premise. There are there were about eight specific frames that I don't want to get into that I would have absolutely excised. Yes, without please prejudice. not. Let's get into specific frames. That but we would cut uh, out of a movie. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm I'm saying there's one sequence I, I I didn't want to see and I had a hard time watching. But um, the, my problem with the movie isn't that it had too much in it that it should have that should have been left on the cutting room floor. My problem with the movie was that there wasn't in it what I wanted it to have in it. Was that English? <laughs> yes. I'm not entirely sure. No, I I, I, I want to reiterate this point. I thought the movie was fine. I didn't hate it. I'm critical of it because I thought it had the potential to be better than it was. Yeah. So the Hunger Games. <laughs> sorry. sorry. You guys are so cute together. Have we already done the Hunger Games? Didn't we already do a show? Yeah, about the Hunger yeah we did. Games? Anyway, did. twice now. I feel I think. like you, you, you seem like you have something left unsaid about the Hunger Games still. 
I really kind of want to talk about the Hunger Games. Uh, yeah, just Brian has the Hunger Games. Was Brian's we're personal. We're going to end up doing a commentary for the Hunger Games. We might well end up doing a commentary for Cabin in the Woods. We can't. We, well, there, we, if if we if we need something else to talk about, we can't segue into um, you know general movie talk, uh, which is perfectly valid. And one of the things is there's there is big Hunger Games news this week, which is that Gary Ross declined <laughs> to do the sequel, and Francis Lawrence has just been named as the director of the oh, sequel. I didn't so, know that they had they had they settled on they, 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 they had the shortlist. The they short settled on Francis around. Lawrence. Okay. So the maker of Constantine and the you know good part of I Am Legend until the studio fucked up ending um, is going to be directing the next Hunger Games, and I am kind of interested to see what he does with it because I like I like Mr. Lawrence's work in the genre category. I, I do too. However, the problem with I Am Legend is that the studio fucked with it, mm-hmm. um, and I can easily see that happening with the Hunger Games sequel. So, what? Well, no, s- but the Hunger, but but. The studio can't fuck with it because if you deviate from the book, then the audience will hate the movie. You can't change the ending of the, of the book, right? Well, there weren't. Well, the there wasn't is, an army of fourteen-year-old girl Omega Man fans. Exactly. <laughs> right. That's right. And if there had they been, then, with it. exactly. There, no one, you know, there would no rise up. And yes, well, well, okay, but the the difference is, and I think Dorkman and I share uh, the opinion about this, is that the the ending of Hunger Games should be changed, and or I'm sorry, the ending of uh, Catching Fire should be changed. To make it a better movie and a better story, um, and that probably won't happen, and that's a bad thing. Right. So, in other words, Francis Lawrence will get to make a movie that is the movie that it's getting going to be, which is probably better than, than I Am Legend, <laughs> where the entire movie is a setup for a payoff that is only a DVD extra now. Well, so. the the other thing to to mention is that you know, for those of you who've read the book, I'm not going to talk about it, but the the, the sequel. Uh-huh. The sequel is more suited, I think, to a more stylized approach, whereas the first book was well served by a very naturalistic and subjective kind of directorial style. I think the second book yeah. has the potential to be better suited to a, a to more stylized approach. We didn't complain too hard about Sorcerer's Stone until we saw Prisoner of Azkaban. Like, oh, these could be movies too. Shit. All right, yeah. movies now. The you know, I have I've actually I've, I've read the uh, the free uh, you know tablet nook download preview i've read like the first eight ten pages that lets you do a pre-preview of any book and and so i've read the first eight ten pages of of that and i'm like i have opted not to read the rest so far and i'm still ambivalent about whether i'll bother to to read the next hunger games i did read the first i read read the original hunger games because that came free with my nook that's why i read it i didn't (laughs) rush out to buy it um but i you know it's like hunger games the book I think is a perfectly well executed young adult novel. I mean, it's like it's it's exactly as deep and smart as you expect something that's written for fifteen year old kids to be. Right. Um, you know, Charlize Theron somewhere <laughs> in her apartment in Minneapolis wrote this thing that's meant to appeal to fifteen year olds, and that's why it lends itself really well to a feature film because that's the target level of the. Do you mean Suzanne Collins? He's referring to. Young I'm, adult. I'm referring to Young Adult, the movie in which oh, Charlize oh, oh, Theron okay. plays a young adult writer who is a gotcha. thoroughly awful person, right? <laughs> but but very successful young adult. So yes. fiction. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> but um, but it's like not knowing anything and not having read, you know, the the two sequels. It's like well. From the first 10 pages, it's like, okay, this looks like it's going to get much more into the politics and the bigger world and the bigger picture and President Snow and all that kind of stuff. And it's like, that's probably already I'm less interested because as a self-contained story about here's this fucked up world where kids fight to the death and here's a story about what happened this one year. 
Hunger Games is a self-contained, good, put it on the shelf, don't ever revisit that again, works just fine. Mm -hmm. Um, It feels like the two sequels, which are inevitable because the first one was popular, are like The Matrix. It's like, oh, God, now you're going to explain it all to me. God damn it. See, this really underlines the point that you can't please everyone because that sounds awesome to me. I want it to be directed by Tommy Schlamme and written by Eric Sorkin about the politics. But here's where I'm going with that. That's all, you know, it's all in the execution. That might be be fantastic. As, As you were saying, I think Gary Ross was great to direct the Hunger Games for what that story is, but someone with more a little more experience with epic and scope and big picture maybe would Needs. be a better choice to get to the next one because it seems from what I have what I understand it seems to be more about epic and scope and big picture and overlapping storylines. Well, the, the first the first, chapter, one, first one was about oh my you, god they're trying to kill us and that goes on for two hours you, and then you it's think over. That. You, the the you first chapter of Catching Fire isn't entirely representative of where the book goes from there. Okay. It, it's almost like you could have taken the first chapter of, of the sequel and tacked it onto the end of the first book as, but, a, as an epilogue. But, I mean, um, I'm, I'm assuming but, that they don't go into another arena and fight another Hunger Games in the sequel. I assume. <laughs> they do. They do. Okay, well, in that case, all right, fine. They re- they really do. So they really do. They they, they just yeah. built the Death Star again. No, it's it's very and, it's it's very different. It's it's. It, I do it, actually like... I, I like the setup, but again, the... As with my feeling about most of the Hunger Games series, I felt like there was much more they could have done with it, much more interesting choices. And then there's just well, do you see what choices I was saying, they though? make that make me very angry. But do you see what I was saying though about how the second the 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 things that happen in the second book I think could be better served by a more stylized approach in the adaptation? Do you see what I was saying about that? Because you're the only one here other than than me who's yeah, read the second uh, book. Not really, to be honest. Uh, the way the way Catching Fire ends made me so angry that it kind of rebooted my whole experience. <laughs> okay, well, it's, it's clear that the Hunger Games series is just your personal kryptonite, and, and <laughs> yeah, right. we just shouldn't bring it up anymore. Hunger Games! We'll, we'll get to it, I guess, when Catching Anyway, Fire my comes point out. is that Francis Lawrence, I think, is a good director, and I'm curious to I, see I, I'm curious to see that as well. I think he but. does good work. As, as, as has been pointed out, he also, he also directed um, the completely um, not successeful um, water financially for water for elephants. Yeah. Yeah. What are the, when he tries to step out of it, hey, I'm going to do a classy uh, bestseller. <laughs> Fuck you, get back in your genre box, <laughs> yeah. Mr. Constantine Man. You know, but I think, I think Lawrence strings, is good. Puppet. I think Lawrence is good. Anyway, and, uh, Lawrence is good. Lawrence is wise. Lawrence is wise. So that was an hour and ten. And, and they, they, the they have, God help us, they have said, well, you know, it's not like even though we sort of hinted the world ended that we would rule out a Cabin in the Woods sequel. It's like, oh, don't, don't, no, don't, don't. Don't go there. Don't. Don't make a Cabin in the Woods sequel. Don't, don't, don't. Risk versus reward, I think, is too high. Unless you're going to make it better than the original. Well, yeah, but, you know, it's like, again. Kind of a hard bet. After you've I don't think anyone who's ever made a sequel went, we should make this worse. <laughs> yeah. It's all, it's all <laughs> in the Except for Michael Bay. <laughs> we should do this again, but more terrible. I, yeah, I'm curious about, uh, actually, you because know, you said at the beginning that we would more on that later, and we didn't more on that later, the fact that this movie sat on the shelf for three years. Oh, yeah. Um, it is, was made uh, by MGM, who then went fucking bankrupt. Yeah, it's, it's important to remember, for any of you who don't know the, the story, this isn't one of those movies that went into sort of like post-production hell, and everybody had reservations about it, and they had to go no, with they retool. finished it. No, they edits. finished it, yeah. and then MGM went into Chapter 7 or whatever they, they filed. I can't remember. But MGM had financial problems, and then they started to come out of their financial problems while this movie was still sitting on the shelf. And in the process, I think they had new executives, and at some point... Yeah, and at some point it came down, okay, we're going to post-convert this to 3D because that's the hot new thing now in the year and a half it's been since this movie was finished. That process started, and then MGM's financial problems got worse, 
they ended up stopping the the 3D conversion and then selling off their vault of movies. And uh, Lionsgate picked it up for a song, I think. Didn't they pick it up for like 40 or something? 12 million. Yeah. Uh, okay. Even more of a song. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, it's, I don't know what that means. It's just one of the, it, I, they got it cheap. When you, when you uh, Twelve million is, for a song and a dance. Yeah, they yeah. they got it for less than it cost to make. So MGM lost money by selling it. Presumably, I can't imagine this was. A well, MGM doesn't appear movie. to be really good with handling their money. If the reason yeah. this was happening at all was because they lost, they couldn't make new Bond movies. <laughs> no, they, no, they 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 made the movie and then got into financial trouble and were never able to... Wait, release. so there's a whole finished Bond movie somewhere? No, no, no. no, no. no. They, made the, the they made this movie that we're talking about. Yeah, they're making the Bond movie now. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. The movie in question, which is the topic of the show we're doing this week, was made, and then as they were like, and now we'll release this movie we made. We seem to have run out of money, sir. We're bankrupt. Oh, that kind of puts a squash on everything we're trying to achieve now. So, so, so then they had to sell the completed film for pennies on the dollar. They sold no, it for less than they, they put into they, it. No, it's, 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 it's weird. It's a weird world. Like when you... When you declare bankruptcy, your assets are sold for whatever you can get for them. So they said in this case, it's a movie that, you know, people have worked on and like, you know, have been sitting home for three years going, no, really, I'm in this movie. I'm, I'm the star of it. I was in it. And like, it I happened. make it all the way to the end. We made and it. Someone's like patting them on the head. It exists. It in the closet. Like, yeah, we so, know, honey. So it's, it's, it's like that poor guy who has the deleted scene in Return of the Jedi. I was in Star Wars. I swear Wars. to God, I, I, was to God, God I was in Star Wars. Well, it's, I, I always feel for, because, you know, it, I, it, cause my arc experience is like, I feel for anyone who's got a movie that's on the shelf you know it's like so yeah you went away for six months weren't you making a movie of some kind sure yes was. i was making a movie i was gone for six months i was in a movie what did happen to that i don't even freaking know it's business <laughs> business some kind of business thing is happening so it's it's that's why it's kind of disconcerting and i wonder i wonder if it would have made any difference if the movie that's had come I, out three years thinking. ago you know because it's like i don't think so i mean I it's, think most it's, of the movies well there might have been new things on the whiteboard but other than that or we would have. I, I'm just talking in terms of how it might have done better and or worse right. in that climate. You know, I think or, it's referring mostly to movies that took place well before then. I'm so. not talking about the content. I'm talking about the the meta aspect of it. I mean, three years ago and how it we been received. We would have had you know like four fewer horror. torture porn movies. I mean, it's already it's a genre that's kind of I think on the decline anyway. So it's yeah, commenting yeah. on something that isn't as prevalent as when that movie was made to try and be a commentary on that genre. Um, it also, I mean, it's kind of funny. It's it kind of has a funny look, retro look to it now because oh look, the the cast of Dollhouse is in that. Remember that show? When was that? Was that like in the nineties? That show. <laughs> yeah. um, so it's kind of weird that uh, you know they said, hey, you were from Dollhouse. You too. You too from Dollhouse. Oh, okay, you come point. over here. Clayton points out. Well, it has Thor in it, which they didn't. They, didn't, th- they didn't pay for Thor. Exactly. They, paid for some random they didn't guy, pay for Thor or Thor. Captain Kirk's dad. You know, yeah. it's like it's got him before he was who he is. In so the, now it feels weird case, to see him do they it. They should just basically make a really cheap movie with everyone who looks like they're getting like groomed to be a next big star uh, and then just newsflash that. that's what happens in the world that's yeah. exactly the conversation we're having do. about the movie have right. who's gonna break now right. so they're big when our movie is already in the can that's yep. i have that conversation all the time right now about the project we're trying to put together yeah that's that, that, that's, so, people, that's so crafty that's, that's, that's what casting do directors that. do that's what yeah. casting directors are doing they're trying to find the next big thing and get them and just before them the they're big the big thing thing before thing. they are yeah you know, they, they, it's, it's a lot of it is, is if someone has already made a movie and the word is, yeah, it's going to be big and they're going to be big in it, you know, but it's, but it's not out yet. So their price isn't raised yet. Mm-hmm. Try and get them. That's 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 very common. Interesting. So, have we have we finished? I just want my, my only question is I, I, I wonder if we would now be, you know, in a mire of of self self-referential genre bending trope movies. 
um, if if the movie had come out three years ago. And and if so, I think I would be okay with that. I'd be fine if there was a wave of those. If one out of ten of them were were okay to watch and fun. If we're going to be drowned in something, I'd rather that than something just that's yeah, straight than, and derivative. than Transformer movies, which is what we are currently <sighs> drowned in. I can't wait for the Meta Transformers movie. It's called Battleship. <laughs> Actually, it's not meta. It's no. straightforward. Yeah. What, what are they saying about that? I haven't heard any. It's, one it's doing really well. I, I've heard that it's fun. I mean, it's yeah. Peter Berg, and he doesn't has a, he doesn't have a habit of doing terrible, terrible things. Peter Berg is actually really good. I mean, I one of his uh, one of the, he made The Kingdom, which I think is a really good movie. Yes, of course, he did. And of course, because it doesn't say that all people in in the Muslim world are terrorists, it didn't do make a dime here in America. But it's a really well made movie. And uh, I think he's. I think he is a good filmmaker. And I, it's a. It's what I've seen of his. Most people think that Michael Bay made Battleship because it just looks like it had to be a Michael Bay movie. Yeah. Uh, like I said, it's Transformers on the water is all it is. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, Peter Berg is good, and, and it's not even entirely on the water, from what I understand. Yeah, he delivers. So. He delivers the goods. I think. I think he can. I think. I'm sure it's a perfectly serviceable film. If it transcends anything, we'll see. Did we ever get a trailer where Liam Neeson said, "You sunk my Battleship," or did I just make that in my head? <laughs> I think. I think. I think we all wanted that. But, like uh, the snakes on the plane line? Exactly. Like we, we just, guys, we're only going to see this if Sam Jackson says, I'm tired of these motherfucking snakes yeah. on this motherfucking plane. And then, of course, that didn't play out. But, you know. Exactly. No, I, I, you're just sitting there in the Battleship trailer just waiting for, you know, vum, 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 vum. They do the, pe- they do the pegs. They do the pegs. There's a pegs reference. That's, yeah. that's what they have. Oh, Actually, I felt the pegs reference was pretty solid. Because <laughs> I didn't get it right away. Like, oh, right. they're doing the pegs. It was like. Oh, cool. I didn't Crazy get it either. I, someone, yeah. someone pointed it out. Oh, yeah. well, they do have a reference to the pegs. Like, they, what? And then the second time, I, I got it. Yeah. Now I'm on the inside. It's pretty <laughs> underground. I, a lot of people don't get it. Yeah, my, my, my general thing about Peter Berg is that even his failures are worth watching. Yeah. I mean, what, he, what kind he of no- stuff has he made? He notoriously Kingdom. made Hancock. Hancock. Yeah. Which which we can all agree was not a commercial success. There are a lot of people out there who make a very good case that it's not yeah. a successful movie. But when I finally saw it, it was so much not what I thought it was, and I was like, "This is actually there's a for me there's a movie. It's like, oh, there's something really interesting in here that's almost coming out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, do you remember the hospital scene? Yeah, I yeah. Mean, it's, it's like it's, like I said, I I what I thought that movie was, and when I finally saw it on video ages later, I was like. Boy, there's so much more to this than I thought there was going to be. Yeah, well, my, I, my, it's my perfect, contention it's on really it, interesting. I may not be right about this, but my contention on it is that its problems are all attributable to the script and not to the directing. I thought the directing was exemplary, and yeah. I thought that it was as good a movie as it could have been given the script. And I think the script could have used some Well, the help. script, and the, if you actually read into the, the story of Hancock, this comes out, but... It, it's a classic example of oh we have this amazing script now yeah. let's and let's then it completely was fuck with it until it's not until that. who knows what the fuck yeah. it was and about it, yeah, and you can I feel like you can very clearly see that in the finished product where it's there's a this schizophrenic trunk, movie yeah here's this chunk of this really interesting movie and then there's the the movie that we thought you know from the trailers there's that too and they're just kind of lobbed and jammed together and they don't fit in any way yeah well I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and make a prediction and you know mark my words but uh, I think in when does Battleship open here May something. soonish yeah. I, May, I think it opens Avengers weekend, weeks. So a week okay so a month from now I bet you we're gonna be having a conversation about how even if Battleship was not a good movie it was a really interesting failure that's yeah. my prediction interesting I think it would be a perfectly serviceable ride I think I think this I think there are no surprises <laughs> whatsoever I think if you've seen the trailer my prediction is that's what the movie is going to be, and it's going to be that movie. And if you went to see that movie, that's the movie you will have gotten. And I think if, you know, if you want the big boom boom, you know, if you're waiting for another Independence Day and Michael Bay doesn't have an Independence Day slash boom boom movie coming out, uh, Battleship's going to be your big boom boom movie for the summer. That's my prediction. Boom boom pow. Yeah. This has been down to front. 
<laughs> you can always find more episodes at downinfront.net. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Get a brand new episode every single week. Twitter.com slash downinfront. Facebook downinfrontshow. Email us at downinfrontshow at gmail.com. Go to the forum. Subscribe. Involve yourself in the conversation. It's freaking awesome. And we're cool people. Right now we're doing another big community project, which you all either are in and know about or not in and don't care about. So I don't know why I brought <laughs> or that up. it was three years ago when yeah. you're listening to this. Or yeah, or this happened yeah, before the, the apes took over. <laughs> Way back in the dark days of 2012. And yeah. long, long ago. But we didn't tell the, the dumb people time. because anyway. we figured they'd be upset. <laughs> Buy our shirts. Give us money. Uh, Holden Hills on McCain's website. And until era. next week, my name is T. Christie. Brian Finifter. Jeff Harrell. Hello. We didn't come up with a middle thing for, for Jeffrey. Good Hello. night, good night. <laughs> that guy. Uh, Jeffrey. That guy. <laughs> Jeffrey, that guy, Harold. How about Up? Your middle name is Up. Then you're Jeffrey Apparel. No. <laughs> no? No. Okay. No. Okay. That was the only pun I could think of. Don't want it. Whenever Jeffrey you get the urge to pun, I told you, call me. We'll get through this together. How about, how about he who would pun would pick a pocket. Jeffrey. Ooh, nice one. Thanks. Jeffrey Farrell Harrell? No. Mm, is, uh, Sterile. Is Eddie still in the <laughs> chat room? <laughs>